0: Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. Brought to you by Mountaintop Data, we are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Dean Mercado of Online Marketing Muscle about cloning the owner. Dean is the founder and CEO of Online Marketing Muscle and uh, number one best selling author of The Mind Stretch 49 Inspiring Insights for Business Breakthroughs. Uh, He's a business coach, an author, a speaker, and uh, we're happy to have you on today, Dean.
1: Thanks, Guy. I'm so glad to be here, man.
0: So uh, we'll get back to you and your company more, but we found the listeners like it when we jump straight into things. So cloning the owner. Can you tell us, what do you you mean by that, cloning the owner? Are we getting that far into technology? Is this an (laughs) AI clone or is this a mindset? Where are we at?
1: little mini me's running around. No, no, it's not, (laughs) it's not the biological cloning. What it, what it essentially is. And and, and just to give you a little backstory and a little history, it came out of uh, years and years of coaching and what was, what was showing up were a lot of clients saying, you know, Dean, if I only had 10 of me, things would be great. I can't seem to find the talent I need to hire. I can't seem to do this and this and whatever, whatever, whatever. So they were, that was what I kept hearing. So I was like, Hmm. Where can we go with that? So then right. out of that birth, the concept of clone owner, and that concept is essentially to take the information, to extract the information out of the owner's head. Because with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of the answers are all up in here, up in our noggin. Right. Right. And they never sit down long enough to write it down, to systematize it, to do anything with it other than they end up doing it all themselves. <laughs>
0: so, well, you might tell always, them also like, Look, I know you have the idea and maybe you're having a right. hard time communicating that to people, but you're actually not that good at all these other things. So don't clone right. yourself. There's better versions exactly. of you things.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, you know, being a New Yorker, yeah, I'm very direct like that. And I will say things like that where it's like, hey, you know, you kind of suck at that. So how yeah. about we, you know. Let's not clone and, you for that. Exactly. <laughs> Those things we won't clone. But the other stuff, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, so that's where it came out of. That was essentially where it came out of. It. And this is going back quite a few years now. And, of course, the clone the owner methodology has evolved over mm-hmm. that time. Uh, so which it's is sounding
0: dangerously a little bit like delegation, which is a standard you know, business owner type thing. Hey, you got to learn to delegate. I get the feeling there's a little more than just learn to delegate, though. Um, When you're looking to really make more of, in certain businesses, I guess you have, you are the core person. I I used to do photography and it was like, okay, if you're good at that, I was mediocre. That's why I don't do it anymore. But if you're very good at it, you'd want to say, you know, you're talented. How does Picasso clone himself? He's like, well, I can't clone myself, but I can get people to do all these other things so I can focus on what I'm best at maybe. Right. You know, certain skills you can't exactly clone, but you can go out and find other talented people to handle more of that. I know a lot of uh you know way in the past great artists you'd had things like Michelangelo and they're doing a stone sculpture. They don't go and get the stone and do the initial round on it. They're like no no, I'm going to have uh you know Jose over here. He's going to he's going to take it down to the basic form and then I'll do the final touches kind of a thing. Right. Right. So how much of this is delegation and what's the other aspects we're getting at?
1: Yeah, delegation is a piece of it. There's no doubt about that. Um we, we liken it to the big overarching word is leverage. It's about getting leverage on your business in whatever shape and form you need to. And part of that is going to be through the efforts of other people. Other is going to be through the efforts of, of technology, automation, so on and so forth. So there is that element of delegation. It is about getting things off of your plate as the owner and getting them taking care of some other way. But in order to do that, you need systems. You need proper mm. systems in place in order to be able to either delegate, automate, or as we say, eliminate. Excellent. So when we look at what's on your plate, we're looking what could be delegated, what could be automated, what could be eliminated. Period. Because most of us are doing crap that we should not be doing. Or well, nobody right? should be period. doing
0: possibly. No one should be doing. <laughs> exactly.
1: So uh, so we look at the 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 picture for that entrepreneur very holistically and we come at it from that angle how do we get leverage on this business so that it doesn't have to be uh what i call bugs bunny syndrome and this is you know might show my age a little bit but i grew up watching a lot of bugs bunny cartoons as many in my age group did and there used to be a a a particular episode well bugs bunny at one in one episode was uh he's in his hole And he's just doing his thing, right? And all of a sudden, they build this baseball stadium right over his hole. And essentially, he hears the ruckus. He pops his head up. One of the guys comes over and grabs Bugs Bunny out of his hole and pulls him out and says, hey, enough of this. You're going to play us now. So they throw Bugs Bunny out in the field. And all of a sudden, the announcer comes on and says, you know, on first base, Bugs Bunny. On second base, Bugs Bunny. On third base, Bugs Bunny. Starts introducing Bugs Bunny playing every position, right? So as entrepreneurs, many of us might, understand that analogy when we look at that's us we're like that bugs bunny character playing every position on the field and that doesn't work right so i am an entre- i'm an entrepreneur as many listening to this might be that doesn't work the bugs bunny syndrome doesn't work you have to find ways to get the leverage and that's what clone owner is
0: about if you want to grow i suppose
1: yeah, if you want to grow, you want to scale, or you just want to create a business that is a little bit more comfortable. That isn't so painful to operate. And for many we we end up dealing with the devil we know so that we don't have to face the devil we don't. Right? So we're we're afraid of what's possible. We're afraid of there's that fear of failure, there's also that fear of success that goes on as well. So um yes, this is all if anybody has the intention to grow, scale, or just be a better business, period.
0: Okay. All sounds really good. What's the actual execution for it, though? Because we can say like, hey, you need to copy yourself. You need to, I imagine you've got a, a plan on this. I know you've written books and stuff. You showed me a chart, which I love. You mentioned systems. All this stuff seems extremely on point. But yeah, can you give us some of the techniques to getting started with something like this? You bet. Well, let's, let's talk about what's involved, right? What are the
1: components? And I want everybody to en- just envision this in your mind's eye for a moment. At the center of this methodology, it's a circle. It's a big circular methodology. At the center of it is a circle. That circle is your vision, right? Your vision sits at the core of everything that you do in your business. If you don't have a solid vision created for your business, you know, you got to be careful what you, if you don't know where you're going, you just might get there as the old saying goes, and it might not be somewhere you want to go. A second piece of it is your team, creating a team, right? And then the third piece of it would be controls to make sure that your team and your systems are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So team systems and controls sit around the vision. Now I want you to imagine as a big rubber band sitting around on the outside of that, that framework I'm giving you now is technology. We've added this other layer of technology because we got the onslaught of AI coming in right now as well as the uh, a lot more businesses adopting automation into their business. So technology is really playing a humongous role in business in 2023 and I'm sure beyond. Right? Now, at the outer band, the outermost layer of this particular this particular methodology is your mindset. And the reason that's out on the outer band, it's like a big, big rubber band. Your band, your business will only grow to the degree that you do.
0: Can you give an example? Of the difference between you've got vision and mindset. Sure, because those can sound like people might interchange those sometimes. In your uh, diagram, and you showed me an actual the actual diagram. We'll see. I'll get that from you and put it in the show notes for people. Um, it's a great kind of visual of how this works. Uh, all, all works together. But the mindset in the vision. What's the in in your process what's the distinction there sure
1: well when we talk about vision we're talking about the leadership saying this is where we're going and why this is where we're going and why so it's pointing the direction Mm -hmm. this is what's happening right and the mindset is your own belief that you can actually do it it's one thing to say i want that but if your mindset truly doesn't believe that you you can get that it'll never happen So a lot of us are a lot of talk. Yap, yap, yap. But when a push comes to shove, if their head isn't in the game the way it needs to be in the game, it's not happening. So that's why we put division at the core and the mindset as the outer band, as the restricting outer band that will restrict or expand to the level you do, to the level your mindset does. You have to believe that you can do it. And that's key. And that's
0: critical. Does that help clarify a little bit? Yeah. So it seems like the mindset is really kind of a combination of your your belief, but like your focus and your effort, too, because you can have a you can have a vision and not put much into it. Kind of. Yeah, we're kind of going to. Right. Are you lackadaisical as a leader just being like, hey, let's do something eventually? Or are you, uh, you know, a slave driver um, as a leader creating a terrible workplace? So is it it that kind of thing? Like how what's your style of trying to achieve the goal? Almost it's, it's
1: when we bump into, and I, and I've coached a lot of entrepreneurs over the years, many, many, many log in somewhere between 10 to 20,000 hours of, of coaching. So I've seen a lot of, a lot, and I've experienced a lot of, a lot from some very smart people and some not so very smart people. Now, most of the reason why their businesses don't grow and scale is themselves. What's going on between their ears, their true belief, their, their, uh, A lot of them think that if I just had the money, even if I gave you all the money you needed to grow grow that business right now, you probably still wouldn't know what to do with it, right? You'd squander it. That's why people who win the lottery tend to be broke in a couple of years. It's the way it goes. So you have to grow your mindset. You have to be able, you want to be a million dollar business. You got to think like a million dollar business owner. You want to be a, a hundred million dollar business. You've got to think like a hundred million dollar business owner thinks. And that's just the reality of it. If we're coming at it from the standpoint of somebody who's only made $20,000 a year and now we want to grow a million dollar business, right? You have a lot of work to do mentally right. to make sure that you're ready for that, that mm-hmm. you understand truly what that means. I think and that's I'm where the mindset comes in.
0: With the mindset, I've seen, um, I've had situations in my company where I'm saying, hey, here's what we need to do. And one of the people I'm working with come, oh, we can't do that. It almost seems like at what (laughs) point in doing the job do you say we can't? Um, Because some people, their first response to everything is no, no, yeah, but, yeah, but there's a lot of buts in there. Right. Get rid of the buts. I don't want to hear buts. Right. We can't do that. It's how can we do that? Why can't we do that? Somebody goes, "Eh, it seems kind of difficult, or I don't know how to do it right now. Like, have you used Google? Figure it out. Right, uh, they kind of right. like their mindset is: as soon as something happens that either seems difficult or I don't know how to do automatically, then I'm out. Okay, so that's mindset right. you're talking about. Is how. How soon do you quit? Yeah, at yeah
1: well, as, as an entrepreneur, and that's what, one of the reasons I say every single entrepreneur on the planet needs a coach, period, hands down, every one of us. And if you hire a coach that doesn't have a coach themselves or isn't being coached, get rid of them. They probably need something wrong with that equation. So the bottom line is we all need people in our corner that are going to be that are going to be bold enough to be able to tell you the harsh reality, the things you need to hear. And sometimes it is, hey, dude, this isn't working this, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. If you go at it the way you're going at it, it's not going to happen, you know? So either you change your approach, change your strategy or, uh, choose something else.
0: Well, I think that's where the controls come in. Yeah, Cause for my people, when they say, when they would say no or, but, or something like that, then the control for me, I know we got accountability and stuff like that. And the controls to make sure, Hey, you set up this great system and You got great people, but, With no oversight, eventually they'll realize, hey, there's no fence around here and nobody's watching. We can just wander off wherever the hell we want. That's right. Because it's human nature takes over if you let it. That's right. So you got the controls in there, but it seems one of the controls is a control on the mindset that I've seen is just asking why. Oh, no, we can't do that or we shouldn't do that or but this and that. And say, oh, well, why? If there's a reason- Why? Because yes. you're saying sometimes you got to know when to stop with something, when not to do something. Correct. So maybe your vision is to go a direction that isn't the best idea. When your team tells you, no, we can't do that, you say, why? And they say, because the technology isn't there yet, it doesn't exist, and we can't build it because this. Material science hasn't reached that point or you know whatever it is. Well, can we overcome that? No, we cannot. Okay, not a good path to go on then. But when they say we can't go down that path, why? You're like, no, eh, it looks difficult. Like, okay. Now you're, you got a mindset problem, not a capability or um, a reality problem. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And we find that very common with entrepreneurs that a lot of their challenge really stems from their mindset. And that's why we, we make that, we make that available to help in that side of the fence where to work on that piece of it because their business will only grow to the degree that they do. Now, when it's their team members who have mindset issues, that's when you need to start checking in and saying, do I have the right players on the team here? Right. Do I have the right members on the bus? Right. And and that's just that happens all the time.
0: They may have great skills, but they just don't have the grit you need or whatever it is. Exactly. Mm.
1: And I love what you said about asking why that's a critical question. You have to we, we call it the why test where you just keep asking like a two year old. You keep asking, well, why? 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 Well, because we can't forget. Beg- why? Because, because, but why, you know? And then you're finally, at some point you'll get to the root of right. what the true discomfort is. What's and really holding people, us I back.
0: found they have a good why they, they know it's not just because I don't feel like I want yes. to, or it seems like it would be hard. Sure. Yeah. They're like, no, here's exactly why. And like, Oh, you've thought it out. Okay, good. You're part of the team. <laughs> now, now, now we have our, uh, our, our team here. That's who I want on my team is the person who, can answer the why, because before they say no, they've already thought out why it's a no, not the automatic no's. Because, Correct. Because uh, that's going to be difficult, and I kind of want an easy job.
1: Right, and this is why it's so important for the leader of that company to have a strong vision, because if you have a wishy-washy or weak vision, when your team comes back to you and gives you some sort of ridiculous reason, why, you, since you don't have a strong vision, you just take whatever they say and, oh, okay, no, you got to know where you're going and why. And you know what? Sometimes your team, even though they might be well-intentioned, they they only know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. You know. And this is part of why you're- But you as well. Yeah, exactly. It happens to all of us.
0: If you hire smart people, then they'll give you a good why and you'll actually say, maybe I need to adjust my vision. You bet. Because this guy's smarter than me in this area and he's telling me this and now I see we got to pivot a little bit.
1: You bet. And the earlier you can involve- your core team in the creation of your vision, right? And the formulation of that vision, the better off you're going to be. If everybody understands where we're going and why, and they were part of the development of that, they'll buy in a lot better, you know, as opposed to after the fact, this is where we're going, you know, um, oh, okay, that's not what I knew last year. So things are different now. I don't like it. People don't like change. They naturally resist. So the more you can involve your team, better.
0: So there's um, a famous uh, book. I think it's Start With Why, right? But they're talking about a different why. Yeah. I don't like that why. Absolutely. To me, that one's being like, start with why. Yeah. And usually, or the way it's interpreted, I think the actual author had a good vision there.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Either to sell books, which was very effective, or the underlying idea was good, but it seems it's been perverted by marketers over the years to mean- start with an origin story oh yeah that's not like make up an origin a why to make people think that you're good and they should buy your product it's like no i I don't think that was the original intent um but i like this why a lot why is great it's just you got to actually ask it not just ask what's the why we can feed consumers to get them to want to buy our product
1: yeah it's it's like anything else it gets bastardized over time that's just the way it is you know uh so I, I firmly agree with you. Marketers do that. Yes. And we, we do it great.
0: Yeah, we do a podcast on <laughs> marketing. We ruin everything. I
1: know. Yeah. So and a lot of that, you know, a lot of times it comes from people who were they heard it somewhere and they talk the talk, but they don't really know what it means. They haven't really walked that path. And that's an unfortunate, yeah. too, because you get a lot of that going on out there as well. of People that, you know, a lot of talking but a lot not as much doing.
0: One of the issues I see that causes it is it's basically like there's this resource out there and marketers realize if I don't use this all up someone else will. So there's like this scorched earth policy yeah. in marketing where it's like quick, let me use this right. until it's dead. It's uh, I I got this thing on my wall it says marketers always kill the goose Basically, anytime a marketer finds a golden <laughs> yeah, goose, yeah. it's immediately killing it. Right. It's like, I can't let this goose get in someone else's oh, yeah. hand. Let me get whatever's inside and be done with it. And then I'll try to find another one. But there's no way in hell I'm letting this thing yes. continue on. Like I I have to exploit it until it's dead. I
1: yeah. mean, yeah, just look what they're doing with AI right now. Yeah. Look at how AI is being exploited all over the place. You know, it's perfect example. This is what happens. Well,
0: it's, it's the downside of things, but Marketers like, I'm not doing as well as this guy, so I got to push the envelope farther. Right. And uh, it looks like you get less ethics and more deviousness with whatever technique or whatever is going on with marketers because they're like, no, I'm competing against someone else. So to get an edge, uh, right. Like, it's like, right. this is a game where the referees really aren't paying attention and we're just going to constantly, um, you know, find a new way to go farther over the line than our competition. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we ruin things. We ruin the why. We, everything gets ruined by marketers, basically. But right, hey, back to this process, cloning the owner, making more capable people on your team, basically, it seems. Making it so the owner doesn't feel like they're the only one who understands, who knows how to do this stuff and has to execute everything.
1: That's right. It It helps with... When you when you when you look at that trust factor, right, it's like a lot of entrepreneurs have a hard time delegating, right? They have a hard time delegating because they just don't believe that anybody could do it as well as they can. Well, when we start systematizing things properly and we put the proper control mechanisms in place, then there's clear evidence on whether or not things can be delegated to these specific team members or not. Are they are the controls telling us yes or no? The controls don't lie. The numbers never lie, as we always say. So when you allow yourself to trust a little bit, that's when the opportunities really start to open up for you. When we all hoard and we wrap our arms around things so tight and nobody can uh, I'm the only one. Then yeah, you know what? I hope you're happy with the business you have because that's all you're going to have is what you have now. Well, it's, so
0: it's The owner that doesn't want to hire somebody that's better than them because they're afraid that person's going to... I mean, an owner has some control, but a manager's like, oh, I don't want... This guy's going to take my job. Sure, um, This guy's going to take my company kind of a thing. So they're Absolutely. holding their whole team down. Um, so when you're looking for somebody to take over something you do and the owner feels like, oh, I'm the only one who can do this as well. But it seems like... For somebody to take over, for you to delegate certain tasks to people, let's just go with the simple version of just delegation, um, they don't necessarily have to do it as well or better than you for it to be useful to pass it off. Like, what, Correct. what's a good percentage for owners to think, like, if this guy can do it half as good as me, if he can do it, like, what's an acceptable level of, of work versus the, they have to live up to your... Because really... If you hire people who are all if you if you clone yourself what you're going to have is a bunch of people running off to make their own businesses. Right. So you kind of need people who are good at something that you do but not everything. Right. Otherwise you do have the problem where let me train a bunch of people to leave me. You're like I don't want that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. need them to be able to do something I do right. really well, almost as good as me or better.
1: Right. So one as one of my friends a sales consultant she would say all the time, you know, what's worse, you know, you train them and they leave or you don't train them and they stay. <laughs> Yeah. You know? (laughs) And it's it's the truth, right? It's the harsh reality of it. Now, when we talk clone the owner, it's not about making exact replicas of yourself in every single area uh, of your knowledge base. It's about, okay, if I'm if I'm handling this particular function right now, I systematize that function, right? And I document that function very detailed. And then I look, can I automate any part of that? No. Okay, so then can I delegate it? So we clone ourselves in that one function, right? And then we
0: might clone right. ourselves. You're cloning parts of yourself. Yes, parts uh-huh. at a time. So nobody's- You don't make a whole copy that can take over. You Correct. just make individual body parts. And trust can- me,
1: I- I've tried that to a degree. I have brought on people, oh, he's going to be my second in command. And that doesn't work. When you st- When you're trying to create yourself, it doesn't work because you'll never be satisfied. You'll always look at it as he's not good enough. She's not good enough. Right. They're not me. So that's not what we're talking or good about. enough and then leave. Yes, like- exactly. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about function by function, system by system. Right. So where you have now and you're creating experts in those particular systems, they don't have to be an expert at everything that you do. They got to be an expert in that one thing you do. Right. So even if it's something as simple right. as Uh, One core function, like a core function some businesses might have, might be prospecting. right? So if you have a person that you train to do prospecting, you put systems together on how you want prospecting done, right? and they're following your step-by-step system. You teach them how to do it. You put controls in place to make sure that you know whether or not they're doing it well, they're not doing it well. Now, you asked a question before, Sky, about what percentage, and I'd love to be able to answer that for you, but I can't. Because it depends on the on the system that's being replicated. So if the, because there are things out there that if it's not a hundred percent perfect, people die. We got to be very careful. Right. And then there's other <laughs> things that if it's fifty percent, I'll take it because I'm only paying two thousand dollars a week for this person versus what my cost is. You know what I mean? So it's cheaper for me to yeah, have you that. You got person the movie there.
0: Oppenheimer out there. If he was like. Uh... Yeah, I need to outsource this part of what I'm doing to this guy. He's, you know, 50% and what, boom, everybody's yeah, dead. <laughs> exactly, right? So, so it, it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of
1: looking at your business and saying, okay, um, when we go through this process with people, we take them down a path of let's look at what all your systems are. What are all your core systems? And then we look at and we say, okay, are these systems, now that we've identified them, let's prioritize them. Let's figure out which ones are really truly more important than the other ones, which ones that if we were to give you assistance there and either automate, delegate, or eliminate things in that realm, that your business would pop. The needle would move in the direction you wanted to move a lot faster. So we identify, then we prioritize. Once we prioritize, then we document. And I tell people, you have to be able to stop long enough to document. If you don't document And you're trying to automate things after that and delegate, good luck. You're going to have, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for problems because it'll never be clear what it is you're trying to accomplish. So you have to have a documentation. It's a
0: lot easier now. Yeah, definitely. It's way easier now than it used to. The technology layer, just Google Docs. I mean, we have. No doubt uh, SOP standard operating procedure documents. And it's like, every time I have a slight idea, I make a couple of bullet points in Google docs and it's like, Oh, now I can share it with anybody at any you time bet. I need. Um, like it's just so easy now in the past, I imagine you just had to have a notebook and scrap papers. And, you know, I used to be a post. It's everywhere. Now only half the room's covered with post-its. The other half right. is Google docs. <laughs> right. But documenting is that
1: first step. Before you can automate or delegate. Right, right. Right. And the doc, going through that documentation process. Yeah. It'll also help you understand, should I even be doing this? Should we eliminate this? Because this really doesn't do anything for us. You know, Or why are you doing it? And I'll ask that a lot as a coach. Well, why are you doing it? Well, I don't know. We've always done it that way. Well, that doesn't mean you should keep doing it. Right. <laughs> it's like you got to yeah. look at everything and say, is it moving the needle or is it not?
0: So documenting seems like an important part of the system's kind of yes uh, it is you have processes your your SOPs your standard operating procedures you have your process you say we do this this and this in order to grow you just have to have those things a lot of owners I've seen and myself uh, I've done that we've all done this but we fall into the trap of just thinking oh I can hold it all in my head right oh I don't need a CRM I don't need this I don't need that I can just because because I'm I'm a freaking genius I can I know everything and you find out pretty fast as you start growing like oh your genius that you think you have has some extreme limitations as stuff starts falling through the cracks. No everywhere. doubt.
1: No doubt. And it's the difference between creating a business that can grow and scale without you and a job for yourself. What do you want? If you just want a job for yourself, fine, Excellent. go get them, right? But most of us were saying the opposite, that we're trying to create a business. I want this thing to grow. Well, again, it'll only grow to the degree you do. If your mindset grows And your mindset grows from the standpoint where you realize that, hey, I can involve other people. It doesn't just need; it's not just me that needs to be involved. Yes, then your business stands a chance, right? However, again, Mm -hmm. it only grows to the degree you do. Key point. Very key point.
0: So, I want to keep get that that visual you showed early on is is awesome. Just to remind people, um, we will uh, share that on the on the show notes here. Uh, I'd like to focus on controls a little bit the importance of controls, accountability for these kinds of systems. I think once people buy into something like having systems and focusing on their team more than just people they hire that they wish could do everything better um, and, and developing that team, but the systems are great. They get them in place. They're like, awesome. Now I have a system and I can go full uh, Fantasia and just walk away because the system runs itself right, now, Right. but controls, they hadn't really thought about because things have been running. They're standing there watching things run and they run smoothly. Great. Now I can go away. What What can you tell people about controls and the importance there?
1: Well, I, I think you're already alluding to the fact that they're mission critical. The numbers don't lie. Numbers never lie. Numbers never lie. And I say that to people over and over again on purpose, because if you're not measuring it, you can't manage it, period. Right. And you can't improve what you don't manage. So you have to look at what you're doing and you have to understand what are the important numbers that you need to track for each system. Each system is going to have its own set of controls, right? That you're looking at to say, you know what, is this working? Is it not working? You also have to have controls that tell you whether or not it's the system itself, that's the problem or the individual that's using the system. So, having ways of figuring that out are critically right. important and each scenario might be slightly different you have to look at also what's important to you what do you care about what don't you care about because there's certain things that would bother me that might not bother you Sky right it depends on the business you're running and what you want from that business right as the leader of your of your business
0: interesting so I remember an example uh within managing a sales team and I took over the sales team and the manager told me like oh watch out for this person and that they're always complaining they're always this and they're always that I was like man this person has a lot of complainers on their team okay let me let me get into this and I realized that there were a couple complainers but then there were people giving feedback that were just and they were automatically if somebody wasn't just dialing and selling right and they didn't hit their numbers and they had an excuse for why not it was an excuse and they were a complainer when I looked at it and I said, "Well, this person isn't doing their job. It looks like, but these people legitimately their phones aren't working half the time. Like that's not a complainer. That's somebody that's got a problem that we really need to fix to get them. And I think that's where the the accountability. I I hadn't thought about it that way. I was always thinking it was a uh, kind of overseeing the human nature, making sure people are staying right. in line. But it also." Um, points out whether something is a complaint, somebody whining or somebody pointing out a problem that needs to be fixed because not every complainer is a complainer. Sometimes the complainer is somebody pointing out a major issue and really helping you out by highlighting the fact that you could get way more done if we fix this little problem. Right. That's a huge aha moment
1: right there. That's huge because so many entrepreneurs don't recognize that, that it's not just about traps so that we can catch our employees doing something bad. That's not what controls are about. Partially about that,
0: but not all.
1: You know, it'll definitely help you, but it's not all. The the key is, is you have a vision. You're pointing where you want to go. Those controls are just affirming and reaffirming for you that you're moving in the direction of that vision, right? If your controls are telling you different numbers, then you know you're not moving towards your vision. Now you can course correct. It's hard to course correct when you don't know where you are. So if I was traveling from where I am to where you are, Sky, I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast, right? There's a million ways we can get there, right? But there are a lot of things that might send me off course. If I head out from New York right now and I start heading across to the LA area, right? That's going to, if I start heading up towards Canada, that's a little bit of a problem.
0: I'm veering way off course, Right, I'm going way too far north. Yeah. And without some system of accountability, there's exactly. no feedback to let you know to adjust. That's you right. You just have to pray. And I've seen this with people's businesses before. Their whole concept is, I'm going to take this moonshot and pray I got it right the first time. So it's like whether it's a hire and they're just like, okay, I'm going to walk away and pray I nailed this perfectly the first time. Odds right. are you didn't, but they're that's like, right. that's a really sloppy technique.
1: Absolutely. You know, and even worse, you bring somebody on and then you don't train them. You bring somebody on and you don't help them understand how they're going to be measured, how they're going to be gauged. Yeah. And that really sets them up to fail. If you don't tell them and understand, I call them the big three. You got to tell everybody you bring into your team. What's the big three responsibilities that they have? How would they be engaged? So they know it's only fair that they understand how you're perceiving them and how you're going to look at them. Right. That'll help them understand what's important to you.
0: <laughs> right, You don't want the management technique of hire somebody, drop them on a desert island, and hope they can figure out something profitable. Right. <laughs> like, wait a second. You kind of got to put them right. in the system, give them the training. Right. Yeah. But how many do that? It's And again,
1: I come back to the yep. years and years of coaching. I see it over and over and over again. And as much as most of them, most of the business owners know better, they still fall into the trap. Why? Because they get involved in busyness, busyness in
0: their life, Mm. not business. I've done it. I've done it multiple times. We all have. Look, I hired a marketer. How come marketing isn't getting done? I hired a marketer. (laughs) What's wrong here? Why do I keep having to talk to this person almost every week? Right. Exactly. Your sales, how come you aren't selling? They're like, well... uh... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Very, very true. So I want to jump back here to you and to your company. Sure. People have heard kind of enough, I think, about uh, what you have going here to say, okay, this Dean guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. Um, I want to know more about him. So what can you tell listeners about kind of, uh, your journey, how you got where you are and then, uh, what you guys are doing, what your company does.
1: You bet. Um, in a nutshell, my journey started out, uh, the traditional route, which was college job, family, college job, family, right? So, Uh, I came up through the ranks, I went to college, got my undergraduate degree, then I went and I got my master's degree. I worked in corporate America for about a dozen years uh, because that's what I understood I was supposed to do until at, at at a point where it got where I just was miserable. My feet were sleeping and I was like, you know, once you're an entrepreneur, you're always an entrepreneur. And I was an entrepreneur as a kid. I was a very entrepreneurial. I just didn't recognize it for that. Right. I just did what I thought I was supposed to be doing. So about a dozen years in in corporate America, I said, you know what? This isn't working. So uh, managed to get my way out of corporate America and then into entrepreneurship, only to realize that I didn't know what I didn't know. And I got my ass kicked everywhere. Mm. You know, I thought I was a smart guy. This should be easy for me. I made millions with those businesses that this should be easy. Yeah, right. You know, so a lot of pain came out of that. And that's how I ended up coaching was because I was like if I could save anybody the trouble that I went through and save them from having to deal with what I dealt with man I would then I really I'm doing something good for this planet
0: yeah I've I've thought that I've realized that you can you think like oh I'll make a mistake and I'll fix it and then there's an unlimited number of mistakes you can make if Correct. you just try to figure it all out yeah. yourself
1: and I and I'd swear that I made them all in the beginning stages it's like anything I could have bumped into I bumped into it right? It's like, Oh, look, there's something right in my way. More, oh, you're boom, like,
0: let me bump into yeah. it. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? it's, I an, thought it's, I was done making mistakes. And then exactly.
1: One. So it's, it's an, it's, it was the lesson of learning that you'll never know everything. There's always things to learn. We always have to be growing. We're always evolving and we have to allow us ourselves that ability to evolve. So, you know, now 20 years deep into this entrepreneurship, you know, yeah, now, okay, things are a little bit different than they were 20 years ago. I learned a lot of lessons along the way, you know, and I also learn a lot from my clients. You know, I, I always tell them, I learn as much from you as you learn from me, because, you know, they're telling me what's going on in their world, and I'm helping them navigate that. And then you so, they send and,
0: you an invoice, and they're like, sounds good to me. Right? Yeah, exactly,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so when I first started online marketing muscle, you know, we were, we were pioneers in this space. The internet was kind of still new. And I got laughed at a bit. People were like, I thought you were so smart. Why the hell would you start an internet business? The internet's a fad. Why would you do that? You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. I see it going that way. You know, I, but you're, you're limiting yourself. Yeah, I guess
0: you're right. I'm just not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, you know, thankfully, 20 years later, I can look back and say, I guess I knew what I was doing. You know, uh, I guess I was onto something there. You know, but in this industry, even in this industry, we've seen so many companies come and go, and I'm grateful to have been able to withstand all the challenges and tribulations along the way to be able to make it 20 years, just about. We're in our 19th, I think now at the time of this recording. So um, I think it was the 19th. Yeah, 2004 is when we when we uh, started online marketing muscle. So Uh, so, yeah, so it's been a long haul journey, but a very fruitful one. You know, because even think about technology, Sky, over the last 20 years, how much that's changed from what was going on on the Internet 20 years ago to what was going on 10 years ago to what was going on three years ago to what was going on last year. Now, all of a sudden, the last eight months have been all about AI. Everything is AI this, AI that, you know, a couple of years ago, automation started coming in. So we're seeing things just they're moving at such a rapid rate. It's hard to stay on top of it. And I, I, I liken myself to a voice of reason to a lot of people saying, look, you really don't need to give a shit about a lot of that stuff. A lot of it is clutter. A lot of it is noise. You need to understand it to be able to figure out whether or not it truly does make sense for you. But you find what works for you when you run with that. You don't have to do this because That's everyone right. else is doing it or because it's the cool, sexy thing right now. No, you have to look at what you want. What do you want in your business and why? That's your vision. Right. And then you do the necessary marketing and sales that you need to make that happen. Right. You have to be smart. You have to be, you have to, you have to allow yourself to not be caught up in the flavor of the day marketing, as we call it. Right. The trends, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Let things to, pan out. Trying to catch that trend. Oh, it, it, it can come down. Most things at some point to blocking and tackling. It's the football thing. You get the teams yes. are all fancy. They try to get all fan- and things just never quite come together. And it's like, maybe you should just focus on blocking and tackling. Get in the yes. trenches. You do your sales. You get in the trenches. You do your basic stuff. Right. Like, yeah. But I want to do this sexy thing over here with this influencer. You're like, Let's just do some blocking and tackling.
1: Right. Exactly. And they get so focused on those sexy things that they forget about the core of the business and what happens to the business. Business doesn't do so well. And they realize why they they start recognizing, wow, why am I, or asking the questions at least, why am I not making the money I should be making? Or I should be doing better at this point. Why aren't I? And a lot of times because we're focusing on the wrong things. We're not looking at the things that matter. And that's that comes to the clone owner thing too. That's about focusing. When we get involved in systems, we start really honing in on what are the things that matter and what are the things that don't. And then we automate, delegate, eliminate. You know, very, very powerful. So
0: a good number of our listeners are small businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it strikes me with this. There is a size at which what you're talking about doing doesn't make a lot of like people could spend a lot of time creating a bunch of systems that are really they're not at the size where they need these systems looking to do all these set up all these things when it's really just, again, get back to blocking and tackling. I'm sorry, but go make a couple more sales. Um, So what at what size? Or what situation does it really make sense for a business owner to look at their company and say, hey, I do need to start focusing on these systems? I mean, is it you got one employee? You probably don't. It's just you. You don't need to create a bunch of systems. Well, you know,
1: I'm a big fan of whatever you're going to do. Do it great or don't do it. Um, And I would always say that even with a small team, even with just one person, how are you delegating to that one person? How are you delegating to automation? Because you do delegate to automation, too. If you don't document and systematize things, it's very difficult to have that automation created in the way you want it created, the way you feel it needs to be done. So when you get yourself in the habit very early on of doing these things, and it's like you were saying earlier, Sky, it's so easy to do these days. Just jump on a Google document, jump on a, you know, just do a little, get your phone out, turn on the video and record yourself talking through what you do. It's that simple. We're not talking about it has to be some sort of right. crazy chaotic system that's four hundred pages for each system. No, that sits on a shelf somewhere and rots. That's yeah. not what we're talking about. It could be. A simple, you don't need to write a custom software right. just
0: to manage your. No, 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 no. no. Like it that. could be.
1: It could be a simple thirty-second video that says, "This is how I do this particular process." You know, five steps. I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this and I do this, and then if you really want to get fancy. Leave the recorder on while you do it so they can see you doing it. They could see you executing it.
0: Right. Right. And then once they see you executing it. Well, that's the technology nowadays. You can do a screen capture, record. Absolutely. This this, and that. Absolutely. Hugely, hugely valuable. You know, I would say to people, you have one employee. Great. It's good to have that so you can pass it off to them. Here's how I do this process. Boom. Now you can do it. You don't have to come back to me. I do that kind of thing for myself sometimes because when you have a lot of processes you do, you sit you're like how long am I going to sit here trying to remember how I do this process? Yes. Boy, I wish I documented it for myself. Never.
1: I'm not as smart as I thought. Absolutely. I was I'm I'm so glad you pointed that out because I was going to go there as well. And that happens all the time because you got to figure there's so many moving parts in your business that it may there's a lot of things that you don't do every day but you might do them once a month, once a year even. And it's like, oh, how did I do that again? It went smoothly last year. What did I do last year to make it happen well? I don't remember, you know. And trust right. me, as you get older, it gets worse. <laughs> you forget a lot easier. So and you just have trust a lot me, more write the you shit down out. while you can.
0: Yeah, yes. yeah. you just have so many more. birthdays so it's, it's, to remember. so many more. Everything it piles up and piles up and piles up. You in, bet, uh,
1: absolutely. It's just the clutter. Keeps coming in the clutter and more and more clutter all day long. So it's the sooner you get it out of your head and onto paper, the better your life starts to become. So I would say even if your business is 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 you know a five-figure business, start the process. Start thinking about things like that, right? That'll help you get to six figures. Definitely once you hit six figures, you should be really sinking your teeth into this and start systematizing everything you could possibly want to delegate or automate. Right. And you should be starting to think about automation and then delegation. I like automation first. All right. right? So you I automate usually, yourself. And bring then you problems. Can delegate to other people yeah. eventually. Yeah. I love people, but people bring problems. So well, that's just the way the it is. Other... And I, I mean that with all due respect.
0: Yes. They bring the a different dimension. So like you can have controls on yourself where you're like, I yes. got to set an alarm to make sure I wake up. Right. I got to do this. Then you got to set alarms right. for a bunch of other people and a bunch of other. One thing meetings. Correct. I remember when I took over here. Um, we didn't really have meetings in the whole, this was, uh, what mid two thousands. And, uh, there was all these business fads that sweep through like open office space. So uh, if, you know, if you have individual offices right. for people, you're an evil boss. And it was <laughs> like, meetings are bad. we got to right. get rid of all meetings, bro. And I remember coming in and being like, I don't know, I feel <laughs> like we kind of need a spot where we all get together to make sure we're on the same page. And I'm like, well, meetings with no purpose are bad, but. When I first started having company meetings, I was like, the purpose of this meeting is so we have a time and a place to bring anything up that needs to be brought up. Otherwise, we're just all off in our offices because it's not an open office space, not communicating. We don't know what everybody else is doing. We don't know if they're doing their job or not. It's like we're gonna get together just so you can say, here's what I've been up to. Anybody have any thoughts? Like it was just like (laughs) we need to see each other's faces and actually, you know, exchange a little bit. Right. Tell us what you've been doing.
1: Coming out of corporate America, I totally get you, man. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying because I remember that.
0: Once something went wrong, I would talk to someone and be like, hey, why this happened? Like, well, I've been having this problem, but nobody would listen. Like, listen, when? Or, you know, I didn't know how to bring it up. I was like, oh, it almost sounds like we need a meeting. So people have a time and a place to bring things up before they become a huge problem. And I was right. like, these meetings seem kind of cool. Right. I don't know why everybody's talking so bad about them. Sure, they can be boring sometimes, but you know what's worse than a meeting? No meeting. That's what I found. I was like, the only worse than having meetings is having no meetings. No for meeting, for God's right? sake. Yeah. that goes bad fast. Exactly. Yeah, have some meetings,
1: right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome. We're getting to the end of the time here. Uh, just flew by. We're gonna have a lot of information in the show notes for people on this. You've written a a book on. You just have so much on. Obviously, people can follow up with you. We'll have your information in the show notes where they can contact you. Any final things to uh, to wrap this up? Kind of clone the owner. I don't know. Sounds a bit marketing to me. That's kind of sexy. We get into the details and it's more like clone little parts of yourself and then manage them. <laughs> um, but the effectiveness is there. I love it. Uh, all the elements. <laughs> when I saw your chart, I was just like, so many things in my evolution as a business owner, I run into things and I'm like, shit. I wish I'd run into that 10 years ago so I didn't have to figure it out wrong myself first. (laughs) It's like I came to these conclusions, slightly worse versions of them and so many things. And then I would later interview somebody or read a book and be like, God damn it. Why didn't I get this book 10 years ago?
1: Right, exactly.
0: There's just so much good information out there that can really do what you do, help people not have to make all these mistakes, not have to reinvent the wheel themselves, figure things out, how many mistakes there are to be made out there by making them all but on the clone the owner uh topic any any last uh last thoughts for the listeners
1: yeah i mean just to dovetail what you were saying a moment ago i think it, what you said was critically important it's you've got to find there's there's lots of knowledge and wisdom out there the problem with what's going on today is there's too much of it there's absolutely way too much there's this guy has a system for it they have a system for it they have a system for it they and we try and we try and grasp all of it. We try and absorb all of it. Not happening. Find a methodology that, that you resonate with. If you resonate like with this concept of clony owner, then you use this methodology and you build your business with this. You don't need 12 mm-hmm. methodologies. You it's need like trying one to go on every
0: diet. Like That's I want right. to take every diet. That's exactly. Than one diet, right? <laughs> Great point.
1: Great point. And so what I would suggest is sometimes less is more. And in this case, it is. You know, mm-hmm. this methodology came from decades of not only my knowledge of what I what I learned through my own failures and accomplishments but through those of all my clients over the years and there were some really smart people in there some way smarter than me you know so that's one great thing about coaching doesn't mean i have to be a better entrepreneur than them it just means that i have to have a trained ear and a trained eye to be able to point out the aspects of their game that need help right that's all it means.
0: Very few coaches are better than the players they're coaching at it or the wives, right. they wouldn't be.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? so understand that and understand that, you know, there there is such a thing as overwhelm, right? Don't allow yourself to, you know, and I hmm. did that, too. I read over a thousand business books, you know, and where did that get me? It got me in a spin. My head was spinning around. I didn't know what to do first. You know, it all sounds great. So find something where, where the breakdown usually happens and what you want to do is find something and start implementing, start doing, that's right. the key, right? That's like, I like what you to saying, start
0: doing. Yeah. Yeah. Start doing, <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> talking. start doing like you can't be a philosophy major in business,
1: right? Exactly.
0: So I want to uh, direct people to the show notes here. Uh, you can check that out at if you market.com and, um, We'll have links to Dean Mercado there, social media to your company. To I've got a ton of links to a bunch of different things for you. All your social profiles will be on the IfuMarket dot uh, com site there. And um, anything else you want to put out that we might not have already, Dean, as far as where people can um, find you.
1: Uh, I, I mean, as far as things they could do, they should grab. We give that clone owner ebook away, which is a part of the clone owner process. They should go grab that. You can grab that right on online marketingmuscle.com go get it it's free you know we're not the, we're not the kind of marketers that are going to harass you for 50 years and you know hey if we're meant to do business together we'll realize that and we'll do business together you know um grab the ebook it's a good ebook you can find clonyowner.com is an easy place to find it that'll bring you right to it cloneny you know grab
0: it check it out we'll put that in the show notes
1: yeah That'll help. That should help you a little bit. It'll give you a little bit more meat in some of the areas around systems, in particular, that ebook. So I hope that helps.
0: Thank you, Dean. Thanks for coming on. And uh on behalf of the Iffy Market team and uh, Dean Mercado of Online Marketing Muscle, uh, thank you for listening to the Iffy Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with help, they will come. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com.